0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the bottom of the ninth podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Rodriguez. And today, once again, we have another solo episode happening today. Um, a little different. We're not going to be really telling any, any like super crazy career stories or anything like that. We've kind of already heard mine and, and obviously there's nobody else here with me. So, but today we are going to be talking about week 11 and kind of before that um, week 11 of the MLB series and kind of just news and stuff that's going on because it actually has been a little bit of a, of a pretty interesting um last couple weeks in the league just a lot of crazy crazy stuff happening and (laughs) trades are coming up you got the all-star break in like about a month um so yeah baseball season is in full swing um at probably the most exciting part of the whole year so let's kind of dig right into it man i've got a couple of of topics here that that kind of speak to me that i'm interested in and the first thing that i do want to talk about is the texas rangers man like (laughs) So the Texas Rangers, I've actually seen them twice this year. I saw them on opening weekend against Philly, um, absolutely annihilated Philadelphia. Um, and then I saw them again, and they played um, crap. Who did they play? The Yankees. They played New York, um, and also beat New York both times. The Ovaldi pitched, um, but yeah, guys, the they, the Rangers are are the real deal. You know, they're sitting at forty and twenty one. Um, their pitching staff is pretty stellar. They got John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Iovaldi, and I'm not sure though, um, Martin, um, I forgot his last name, but I'm not going to say you're dwelling it because the big, big, big story of the week or really of the last couple of days was Jacob deGrom. Um, you know, I was, I was one of the few people that was really skeptical of that sign. Oh, I was really kind of skeptical of anyone who was going to sign him, I think prior to the to the season and nothing against DeGrom. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. I think he's actually probably on par with probably maybe one of the greatest to ever do it. If you look at his stuff when he's healthy. Um, But if you, if you truly look at everything, like I was just worried, like any team that was truly going to, you know, spend the money that he was asking (sighs) from his, um, And like I said, I'm not taking anything away from, from DeGrom. I'm not, I'm not clowning him. I'm not saying, you know, there's a lot of people and before I kind of get to my main point here. There's a lot of people on both sides that, you know, with, if you know what I'm talking about before I've said it, um, they're like, he doesn't want to pitch. He doesn't want to be there. Yada, yada, yada. I don't think that that's the case. I really think the dudes just had a lot of really bad luck with, with injuries um, because it's very obvious that he wants to pitch because the dude is phenomenal when he's actually out there. Um, But nonetheless um jacob de two days ago announced that he would be take or he'd be having the tommy john surgery his second of his career um after only throwing about 30 i think it was about he. i think he was about 30 innings i think it really wasn't much Um uh, which is which is wild because it, even in and i was talking to a couple buddies about this like even when he was pitching if he was truly not 100 percent, he was still pretty damn good i mean i i i, I was like wow he's He's on, and I mean, even then, it was like he's only like going four innings, five innings. It was never anything really extensive. But anyway, yes. So, point being, you know, you know, aside from the Degrom, you know, you got Iovaldi, who's absolutely shoving. Heaney saw it. I know they were dealing with a little bit of a bullpen crisis for the. I mean, maybe it's kind of calmed down a little bit. I think they've kind of set a little bit of a rotation these last couple of weeks. But I know for a while. It was it was kind of like up and down with, with the bullpen. Oh, it's Martin Perez. I knew it was Martin. I couldn't get the last name. I didn't even say Pardo. or something weird. But, but, yeah, Martin Perez, John Gray, Nathaniel Ethan Iovaldi. Iovaldi is really carrying this this club. I've seen him pitch twice. It was funny because I saw him pitch against Philly that Saturday. I didn't go to opening night. I went to opening weekend. He pitched that Saturday, pitched a gym. I think he even threw a complete game. Um, no, he threw a complete game against New York. He didn't finish the complete game against Philly. But point being, the dude is on fire. And let's not even start talking about the offense, the offensive part of of, of their team. You got Josh Young, Marcus Simian, um, Corey Seager, um, Adolis. I mean, you have got all kinds of dudes that are really and, and the most one of the most craziest things about the team is like their catcher Jonah Heim is like extremely underrated. That dude can ball, he can hit, he's a great defensive catcher, and I don't think he gets a lot of a lot of uh, recognition like a lot of other guys like Real Mudo and then of course Tre- Jose Trevino and. And, you know, all those guys, you know, Nola, all all the big time catchers, you know, I think they get a little bit more rep. I mean, Jonah is a solid player. Go look at his stats, go look at him pick, play. He's he's pretty damn good. But but anyway, yeah, the the Rangers guys have really surprised me. I mean, they haven't really done shit. I mean, really anything since I think it was twenty eleven when they had that that last run with I mean, I don't even know who's on the team. I was like Rugen O'Dor, Elvis Andrews, I think I, I don't remember if Hamilton was was there. I think he was during that run. Um, you know, there's the famous like the famous play that, you know, that I, I used to tell people because I was watching it live. That's how insane it was. This was so long ago. Um, you know, they, I think it was, I think it was Mark, or is it fries David Fries from the Cardinals hit that ball. And it was like this far from Nelson Cruz's glove in right field. And he just missed it. And he had literally a World Series trophy inches away from his glove. One of the most probably devastating things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Cause it was just so bad. It was such a poorly played ball. Um, but anyway, point being, Rangers haven't done a damn thing since then. That was their last true, like, wow, the, the Rangers are are on something. Um, I, I think this is a lot different. I think they have a much more well-rounded team. Um, you know, you got Young is blowing it out. He's going to be an all-star in his second year as a, as a pro player. I mean, that's insane. I'm mean, a pro player. i mean an MLB guy, big leagues. That's insane. He's a San Antonio guy, so that's cool to see. And, and you know my buddy John King's out there; he's pitching for him too. So I'm I'm pretty excited for this Rangers team to see what they can do. You know I'm sad about Degrom, but you know I think that Yovaldi and all these other these other horses they got in their pen I think they're going to do. They're going to be they're going to be just fine. Um, On to the next topic, which is going to be what happened in in New York this past week, which was nuts. I mean I'm going to kind of look it up so I can get some like like some true you know. What happened? I mean, it was like totally postponed. The smoke from the Canadian wildfires was like hazy. I, I saw some like really apocalyptic pictures coming out of New York City and out of you know Detroit and pretty crazy. Like that's just, I mean, the Yankees have enough to talk about on themselves. I know they played, they played a night. I don't remember what night it was, but I know that first night when everything kind of started seeping in. They did play that night, and I watched it because I think MLB was hosting it. MLB Network was hosting it. Watched the game, and it just looked eerie as hell. It was like foggy oh that you know why i watched it because that was donaldson's first game back i think when he was like fixing his glove and they hit the ball and he tossed there he catches it or something tosses it he made the play without even no it was his hat it was his hat he was looking for the pitch comp throws his hat up in the air and makes the play it wasn't even paying attention but i remember that was the game that i saw that and i was like it looks really cloudy or like hazy foggy and and then everything kind of came out that the air the air quality was like probably the worst it's ever been for pollution like I don't even really know what did that that probably did a lot to, to people in the area. I mean, I can only imagine, like, oh, right here. New York's air quality index was above two hundred at one point on Tuesday night, a level that is very unhealthy. The city had the worst quality of air of any major metropolitan area Tuesday at ten PM. Holy shit. Later that night, New York had the second worst levels of air pollution in the world after New Delhi, India. They reported other cities were on oh, these are like in the in the Middle East, which I mean I'm sure they're just as bad out there, but to have that on, on state side is is nuts. It's crazy. And, you know, okay, so so we're gonna talk about this now that, that we've kind of talked into the we've kind of segued into New York. Um, Aaron Judge is once again on the aisle. I feel like, you know, and, and here's you know, everyone's gonna tell me I'm, I'm a huge biased Yankee fan. I'm huge on the Yankees. I love the Yankees. Um, been a Yankee fan for a long time. I think I've said that before. I just feel like the the, the Yankees you know are so injury prone. They've always been that way. Um, I know it, it's it's a lot better now than it was if you asked me about a month ago. You know, at one point they had um they had Jose Trevino on the aisle for hamstring, they had Josh Donaldson on the aisle, they had um John Carlos Stanton on the aisle, Nestor Cortez, I think, was flirting with it, but now is fully on the aisle. Um, and then Judge goes out there when they're playing in LA and makes that redonkulous catch, and um, right where he blows down the bullpen door, I had a feeling when I watched that 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 wasn't going to be good. It looked great, it looked cool, and, and <laughs> it looked great on TV. It was a hell of a play, and but I had a feeling that that didn't it didn't look good. It didn't look like he landed correct, like obviously. But um, yeah, you know. So of course we're out with we're out with Judge again. I mean I'm not I'm not real worried. I mean I'm worried about it because Judge is a hot player. Um but I think we've got enough power right now that we could probably manage till he's back. I don't think it was anything crazy serious. But it does hurt when you lose your captain, you know. I mean, right now so judges. Let's see where he's at. He's got nineteen home runs, he's an AL, he's leading the AL, batting two ninety one with forty RBI. So yeah, he's he's a pretty big bat in that in that lineup. But I think like I mean, if you look at everybody else, you got you got Rizzo who's doing solid. You've got John Donaldson who came back on fire i mean i think his first game back he hit two home runs that that night which was nuts he's he's truly honestly looking at his stats i was one of the few people that was like why the fuck are we re-signing him he's kind of on the way out do we need to put that much more money into this guy or can we go from somebody from the farm system you know we have a pretty decent farm system we just pull up volpe do the stud you know we've got guys that are fluctuating up and down like did we really want to and then blew me away with how he's been playing i mean the dude's been playing like a stud i mean he's been going off so no, no, really, problems there. We've got Lemayhew back, Bader's in. So, like I said, the Yankees have a lot of guys. So, I mean, it's like you know, I don't really think it's gonna hurt us that bad with we'll Judge out. Does it suck? Yes, but I think, yeah, you know, I think we're gonna be all right. Um, Yankees looking at him from a whole <sighs> thirty-six and twenty-six. It's not overwhelmingly either way. I know they're like they're like ten games back, or or about about ten games back from. Tampa, who's right above them, and then and then obviously the Astros are, are tied for the for the wild card spot. I mean, I, I'm nowhere near worried about it yet. I mean, I think we're okay. Thirty six and twenty six, like I said, is nothing to like really write home about. But we've we've got you know we got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time to, to really shape it up and 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 kind of move forward. I hope Judge comes back, and and I think, but I'm I'm hoping that we have a good enough team to to really keep, kind of keep that going. But before we get, I and I had a lot to talk about Otani, Otani and the trade coming up, and and some stuff that that I heard some guys say about about the Angels and and Otani and maybe the Cubs and and then the Yankees were thrown in. But before we get to that point, I wanted to put this right here. This is mostly gonna probably be for a clip for the podcast, but or for the for Instagram. But I was looking, and I thought this for a long time, and and I don't know if you guys know, but there's a movie coming out in July called Oppenheimer. It's about the, the nuclear, the atomic bomb, I think it is. Um, and um, Cillian Murphy plays Oppenheimer. And there's pictures circulating so much because there's a, there's a frame from, from Tyler Glassnow pitching. I think it was last night. And he looks exactly like, like Cillian Murphy. It's, it's scarily close. Um, and I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm a huge Glassnow fan. I know he was kind of out for a while, um, I know he was out for for a bit. This I think I think he just made his his debut for this year, like not a week ago, maybe. I mean, he hasn't been back for a while, but you know he's <laughs> he's he's a good guy. I think he's a good he's a good one two punch kind of guy. Um, I mean, for the Rays, especially, like it's not a whole lot going for them. I think like pitching wise, I think they got a couple guys, McMahon or whatever, who's got like one of the best ERAs in the game. He's one guy that's really solid. Um, but yeah he's he's back he's gotten two wins and sorry his first win um, on Friday you know his past Friday over the Rangers you know so he's back you know he hasn't been um you know he missed oh so he oh crap he did go through Tommy John. I didn't even know that he did that and then he <laughs> so has Tommy John comes back from Tommy John then has an oblique strain the first month in 2023. Wow. so this is just his third start of 2023. Oh wow, that's insane. But yes, point point being, the dude looks crazily like Cillian Murphy. It's it is uh, is creepy, but dude can ball, man. I'm a really big fan of Tyler Glass now, and, and I think he's going to be a hell of a ball player moving forward. I think that if he can develop a third real like a third pitch, because he's really you know he's a he's a flame thrower. He's got that 98 to 100 mile an hour fastball, and then just an absolutely devastating sp- spinner that he can just <sighs> spin off and and you know going from 100 to you know 80. With this massive loop is just almost impossible. But anyway, point brought up Tyler last night. No, he hasn't done anything crazy. I know he's only made like three starts this year, so there's not really any crazy news on him. But point is, dude looks like Cillian Murphy, and it's scary. It's scary. So now on to the big, the big guns. So Shohei Otani, back in the news this morning after reading, because I, I checked before we wanted to start this podcast, dude has missed the cycle last night again, one hit shy, the third time this year. What the hell who who flirts that close that many times and doesn't get it? I don't know, but point is <laughs> Otani now, I remember when when Otani was first coming coming down and you know they were like he wants to complain in the MLB it was like but the the whole rule with him was I mean as everyone knows, he's got to be able to hit and he's got to be able to pitch, and for some reason, I think the game is changing. I think there's a lot more teams that are really considering it. Um, and I know, like, there's been some guys who who've done both things, who's done both, but not on quite as much of a routine based as Otani. Like Otani is full on hitter and a pitcher. That's what he's gonna go both ways. Um, I think like Michael Lorenzen. He you know he bounced around for a bit. I think he plays for the. I think he's on the Sox now. The White Sox or the Tigers. One of the two, but I know he he kind of did his time with the Reds, too, and that's kind of when everyone kind of saw his thing. They I think they put him in, like, right field a couple games. He hits, he drops bombs. Also, another – he's a pitcher that throws in the high 90s. Great. I, I don't think he's, like, anything phenomenal. I think that he's just kind of one of those guys who's kind of been tossed around. He's going to find it. But point I'm trying to make is that Otani wasn't the first guy to do it. Lorenzen was one of the first few that I've seen do it. That They actually played him in, in right field. Not, like, a whole lot. I think he only got a couple games there, but still – they were confident enough to do that, even though he was considered a starting pitcher. But back to Otani. So the whole thing is, is who's going to take him at the trade deadline? I saw – I don't remember who I was watching. I was watching MLB Network, and they were having an interview. And I'm, I think <sighs> – uh, I've, heard, I've heard a couple things. I heard that Otani wants to get paid. I've heard that. I've heard – that they may not put him on the block i know that there was rumors that he was going to be on the trading block and that and or that los angeles angels weren't even going to be able to be a contender to keep him just because of the amount of money that was going to be thrown around by other by their clubs I, I don't know if that's necessarily true i think if they had him on the block he's going to be on the block one way you know it's either going to be 100 percent one or 100 percent off it's not going to be a well we may trade we may not and then i heard with the the playoff contention with that the angels actually may be having a shot at the playoffs that they're going to be like no we're going to keep him and, and kind of do this I know that that art over there the the GM over there is kind of I'm sorry GM the owner has kind of made points that they're not going to trade him if he's if they're on the play if they're in on the you know if they're playoff contenders just with the A's and the way they play man I don't I don't see them as being true playoff contenders like anyone's really going to do anything quite seriously um if I were them I would just it, it's a tough spot to be in you like you you have the face of baseball on your team and, and if you're going to trade them off for three players and I don't think you're really going to get anyone quite as 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 powerful I guess is for lack of a better word than he is at the point I mean you're going to have to trade two to three guys to get for what for him for one person I don't know I think I, I don't think that the Angels are going to pan if they do put him on the block. I don't think that I think they're going to have to just out of out of courtesy give him an offer. I don't think it'll be anywhere near the ballpark of like what maybe the Yankees or somebody um, can really throw out there or any of these bigger clubs. But yeah, I've seen crazier things happen. We've seen crazier stuff happen with with the Correa trade stuff. We've seen crazy things happen with the Soto trade stuff at the deadline. So hard to tell. It's it's going to be it's going to be kind of one of those things that's going to come down to it. Um, but Otani. Dude is a real deal, man. I don't, I don't, I don't see how not every team is gonna put an offer for him. I don't see like there's some teams that are like, no, we're not messing with that. I'm just like, dude, this guy is showing the world that he can do both on a major scale. And just because you don't want to break your old traditional rules of baseball, you're not gonna put an offer for him. Get the fuck, you know, get out of here, you know. But on to better, and better things. Otani, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess we're gonna have to wait to see. What happens and, and what the records look like because they're saying, and, and the crazy thing is the trade deadline's coming up. So whether you think you're in a playoff contention or not, I, I think we're going to know pretty, pretty quick whether Otani's going to be going to be taking a train somewhere else or he's staying in L.A., but time will tell. Um, next, to, <laughs> one thing that every, every sports team or every baseball guy loves to shit on the Mets, because they're just funny to talk about. They're, they truly are. You know, you got. You know, what's more funny about the Mets <laughs> is that they have so much talent. You know, they go out and spend all these crazy amounts of money, and can just like truly never, never put it together. I like, think about it. they got Pete Alonso, they've got Max Scherzer, they've got Francisco Lindor, they've got Justin Verlander, they've got who else we got? I mean, that's four. That's four true all-stars they got bednar they've got you know i think that i don't think they have vogelbach anymore they may still have vogelbach another great guy but they are you know especially early into these past couple of starts like they are struggling dude like like big um struggling and it's like 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 they they've they've been outscored i think i saw like 51 to 30 by opponents in the last like week i mean it is it's horrible right here so sloppy on defense with awful pitching for a second straight night. The Mets lost 14-7 to the Pirates at PNC Park. The loss was the Mets' seventh straight, pushing them four games below 500 <sighs> That's not good, man. That's <laughs> it's pretty bad, especially with the amount of money they spent this offseason. You know, and, and look at this. The ugliness came the, a night after the Mets had a late meltdown in Atlanta. I remember this. They lost in the seventh, and it just blew up on them. They surrendered six runs in the final three innings of a 13-10 loss in a completed Braves. They got swept by the Braves. Braves are a hot team, but once again, with the amount of money that you've spent on players, you should be able to beat the Braves. You have paid Justin Verlander. You've paid Max Scherzer. Um, I think it was kind of a crushing blow that they lost Diaz in the World Baseball Classic. But, you know, here we go right here. So, the Mets were uh, were no such redeeming qualities in his latest loss as 43 year old Rich Hill limited the Mets. Rich Hill, fucking 40 year old Rich Hill is shutting you down. No disrespect to Rich Hill, the dude's on his way out of the league. You have to be able to light this man up. Come on, you know Rich Hill limited them to two earned runs over seven innings. I mean, there's no offensive support there. Uh, the Mets. Squ- <laughs> this is off the NY Post. I am re- reading this word for word, quote unquote. Quote, I'm sorry, quote unquote. The Mets scored five garbage runs in that night. That's all they scored. I mean, it's it's Bill. So Tyler McGill, I guess, is the starter for the Mets that day. Um, got hurt a lot by his defense. I mean, that's pretty – I've heard that. It's pretty consistent. Um, they had a rough night on the mound. The right-hander was knocked, or, knocked out after three and two-thirds innings, which allowed eight runs, six earned on eight hits and three walks, raising his ERA to five. Man, oh, here we go. A night earlier, Justin Verlander was yanked after three poor innings in the yank, and the Mets emptied their bullpen, producing a residual effect. Yeah, for the limited their options the rest of the week. When you get shelled, like I don't think people quite understand. And this is something I, I mean, I might be mansplaining to people. I'm sure if you're listening, you may already know the importance of starting pitching, right? Because think about it. I'm just going to say this because I know it says right this, and, and people may not quite understand when they say this. Like it, it produces a residual effect on the rest of your week. Um, so think about it. So you got you got five starters, and you've got you know, I don't know, about 10 to 12 guys in the bullpen, right? You got you – and the guys are set up guys. You got guys that are here to piggyback. You got guys that are here to give you the eighth, they give you the seventh, they're either feed up to the ninth. You got the closer. You got maybe two options to closers if there's not a specific closer that's been given that role. Um, so th- think about it. So you got, you know, you got you got guys that need to pitch. You got a full week of games. You know, off days, not for another six days. Uh, so you're on a road trip. Um, and, you know, right here, Verlander goes out there and gives you three innings. Well, you still got you still got six to play. You know, you still got six more innings. So you eat up your bullpen. Each guy throws, you know, one to two, two to one, whatever. How many innings they throw? Well, then that limits again. Those guys are not going to be able to pitch tomorrow. You know, they've 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 maxed out their day. They're going to need a day two to two rest. And then you got another guys to say another guy two nights in a row. Another guy gets out there and gets shelled. So now you're relying on two more guys to hop in in those game situations, which then burns them. So now you're down to like four to five guys that can actually throw. So you're praying to God that the next starter can get you through. So I can understand the frustrations of like a true Mets fan is like we got no bullpen because it's getting taxed every single night because no starter can make it past four innings. I mean, I can see the frustration. At the same time, oh yeah, that's right. And they lost Alonzo. They lost Pete Alonzo last night taking a ball. I think it was to the wrist, to the hand. They put him on the IL. I don't think I think the x-rays were negative, but I I don't you know, I don't know. The Mets have, have been kind of a running joke for a while. I mean, they're just really struggling. They're, they're, they're on a skid. You know, they they're seven, lost seven in a row. I mean, the Mets need to pick it out. I, I don't think that Alonzo is really the answer. He's one guy, but does it hurt your lineup? Absolutely. I like Pete Alonzo. I think he's a hell of a ball player. I just think that he's getting a little too cocky sometimes with that whole throw it again thing. There's no need to say that, man. Just play the game. You know, you're know, you you're on a seven straight loss. How about, we, how about we win some games and then we can start talking shit to people? I, I think that was kind of a karma move. I don't think it was on purpose against Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's not the kind of guy who's going to go out there and start tossing at people. I think it truly was unintentional, but part of the game, man. Part of the game, part of the game, part of the game. Another struggle bus. And this was shocking to me. I was like, truly, like, wow, this is interesting, right? Alex Manoa getting sent to developmental league. We're not talking about a rehab stint. We're not talking about we're going to demote you. You know, you know, send you for assignment. No, 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 no. They sent his ass all the way to the de- developmental league in Florida. And I get it. They don't want to say it. It's a uh, oh, we're sending him down. Like we need somebody else. No, le- they want him to legitimately go and, and figure it out yeah um i don't i don't know i i think that you know what happened that day you know i I don't i think he didn't make it past um he didn't make it out of the first against the astros astros i think put up like six or seven on him that first inning and and that was kind of the, the the i guess like the nail in the coffin but you know that that hadn't. What was what was more sad was that wasn't the first one. You know that was that that had been uh, that was like the third in a row he'd done like that. Um, and, and you know he gets booed off by his own crowd. I mean that's pretty it was pretty brutal. But I mean I'm trying to see if I can find his stats. I mean they were they were bad. They were they were real real bad. Um, I, I I know that it wasn't good. I know you know. But was more shocking, and, and it's not even the fact that he kind of got rocked. It it wasn't that. It was like. Oh, here we go. Got the right here, but uh, and I'll get to him. But, um, you know he's an all star last year. You know whole, he's an all star. You know pitching on on the biggest stage, um, mic'd up. It was awesome to watch. But but here we go. Let's check this out. So he pitched on. These are his last three starts. Man, these are really fucking poor. Um. So against Tampa on five twenty five, he pitched three innings, gave up three hits, four earned runs, five five walks, six strikeouts. Strikeouts are high. I mean, for four, for three innings, you get six strikeouts, but you freaking walked four guys. That's pretty bad. Next start, six days later against Milwaukee. Uh, another Four innings, not a good start. Three hits, two earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Not very good. And then holy hell of what happened on 6-5 against Houston. A third of an inning, seven hits, six earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts. Seven. Hits six runs, he recorded one out. I, wow, not good, not good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I think that that's kind of one of those things. And he was one of those guys that was talking mad shit about Garrett Cole last year that he was a cheater and 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 all this stuff. And I think that I'm not, I'm a karma guy, so I think that may have played a role. But I think. I think he just needs to figure it out. Because, I mean, look at these stats. So you go from 2021, where's his ERA? 2021. Right here we go. So 2021, his ERA was a 3.22. Not crazy. It shows, you know, kids can play in the big leagues. Then you go down to his 2022 year, is absolute. It was great. He was 16-7 and 7 with a 2.24 ERA. 31 games started. I mean, dude, hell of a year. 196 innings, 144. I mean, dude. You know, strikeouts 180 average bat opponents are only batting two do Not bad, man. That's pretty damn good. All star year for sure. And then, oh my gosh, you know, to go from you've all but tripled. You've almost tripled your ERA this year. So this is his 2023 stat line. Um, one win, seven losses, a six point three six ERA, thirteen games started, fifty-eight innings pitched, sixty-eight hits. I mean, he's giving up more hits than he's pitched. Eleven bombs. Oh man, forty-one earned runs in fifty-eight innings is is horrendous. But best hopes to, to Alex Mano or Alec Mano. Hopefully he can he can kind of figure it out and see what's see what's going on, man. Because that's pretty. That's a pretty tough stat line to look at. All right, let's see. Another great thing that happened this past week is Liam Hendricks. Man, Liam Hendricks um, battled with leukemia. And this is where, like, people are like, you can't be – uh, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Dude, <laughs> Liam Hendricks won – he came back and got his first win of 2023 on National Cancer Survivor Day. Nuts. That's badass, man. So good for him. I know, you know, he he had been battling that. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Liam Hendricks. Didn't know he was, like, super British, which is crazy. He's got a crazy accent. Um, he returns over so right here. Hendricks only returned to the majors after being diagnosed in January with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Sorry, I said leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was subsequently underwent chemotherapy, finished in April, and was deemed cancer-free and in remission, allowing him to return back to baseball. Hendricks pitched the ninth inning of a tie game on Sunday. He struck out two of the three batters he faced in a clean frame in two previous outings since being activated on the injury list. He struck out a batter and allowed two runs on three hits and a walk not bad you know it's like and that's the thing man. it's one of those it's one of those things you just can't you can't make it up man like it's nuts you know comes back and wins on 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 cancer survivor day it's it's badass man it's badass um let's see what else we got here we already talked about judge talked about all that um schwarber walked it off last night cool to see cool to see um but the other thing so now you know there was a whole all the things coming up um you know, with with Judge being the best hitter in baseball, and then all of a sudden you got this little quiet doodle. I say little, but not really little. Give me one second, guys. Hold on one second. All right, and we're back. Sorry about that. I had a camera issue here, but anyway. So, <laughs> so what I was saying, was you know you got the whole stuff with you know I'm a I am not an Astros fan at all, like literally at all. Um, but I think Jordan Alvarez is one of the is, is one of the best hitters in the game. Is he better than Judge? Ask me another time, because <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough uh, it's a tough spot to you know it's a tough place to to say yeah, because they're both really damn good. They're both really great hitters. You know they're re- like let's see, let's see if we can find this. Jordan Alvarez versus Alvarez sorry, versus Aaron Judge. I think they're great, they're both hitters. Let's see. So, we got stat comparisons. Let's see. So, this year so far, Jordan has more at bats things because I think, I think he's been dealing with less injuries, obviously. So, he's got 202 at bats. Judge has 175. Uh, run scored, Judge is 42. Al- Alvarez has 41. Hits 51. Alvarez 55. I'm not really getting the micro go single, double, triples. Home runs is what we care about. Judge is leading the AL 19. Jordan has 17. RBI's, Jordan has 55. Judge's 40. Um, Judge does have three stolen bases, though, so suck on that, Jordan. Um, 35 walks for Judge, 32 for Jordan. Batting average, Judge 291, Jordan 272. That's really not a huge difference. I think that they're pretty damn neck and neck, if we're being 100% honest. But at the same time, I don't think – I don't think that Jordan is better. I can't really give him more than a case. than just looking at a couple pieces, but, oh, here we go. Why Jordan Alvarez is a better hitter than Aaron Judge? Let's see. Yes, we both know that they are the best hitters in baseball. They're towering presence. Yes, I know. Give me the stats. Why do you believe this, sir? Here we go. Um, you're not going to see many values with Jordan. Yes, you are, because he has one great year. He had one okay, you know, where he was clutch in the postseason yeah. You know, okay. Here we go. So let's see. He made his. You know, they both. I think Aaron Judge made his debut in 17. I think Yordan enters in 19. Um, both sluggers matched 110 bombs. Hmm, you know, everyone says the same thing. You know, home runs are almost exactly the same, but the RBIs are a big difference. And that's what I was trying to you know make earlier when I was talking about this is RBIs tell the bigger story. It's like how clutch, how many runs are you going to bring in? I really don't give a shit how many you know, many hits you have, how many triples you have, where are your RBIs. Judge is barely beating him by four, so maybe maybe there is argument to say that Jordan is is almost as good as as Judge. I mean, they might be in hand in hand. Now, one thing I will say is Jordan's another one of those guys who will eventually hit the free agent um, free agent market. The, the day will come. Um, I don't I don't see the Astros keeping him. I don't see it. You know, he's another one of those big budget players who. He's going to go out and get paid this this or not next year? If not this year, I think it's this year. When is uh, you're done? I was a free agent. I don't. Yeah, here you go. This is what I need to know. Yeah, after this year. Oh no, they signed him to a six year. Okay, never mind. So he's going to be there for a minute. But, I mean. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think he's good, but I don't think he's on that level. Um, Like I said, lots of baseball to still be played this year, so we'll we'll revisit this. I'm sure it'll come back up. But one person that's truly kind of went on the down low and is another person that I was a huge fan of back in like 16, 17, 18 when he was with uh, Toronto, and that's when he kind of made his whole name, Marcus Stroman, man. Um, Stroman having a hell of a year, Cy Young caliber year so far. I know it's still very early. I know it's super early to to make a true um, true call at that, but so far he's being very promising. Um, But to be one hundred percent honest, he's kind of like he's he's kind of like taken. He he was pretty quiet um, for a while. You know, he was he was. um, I think you know he had some pretty solid years. and then he kind of like, but nothing ever like a, a crazy like, oh my god, this dude's a cyan. Like, no, no. But now like, I'm trying to find his his stats. Let me see if I can find his stats here. Because because I know like they're saying that he's going to be one of those guys this year who gets who gets paid. You know, he's going to get he's going to get paid this year. On the, he's on the trading block for sure. That Chicago's going to try to make bank off him. Let's see what we got here. All right. So right now in 2023 regular season, obviously. Ooh, ESPN even got projections, so let's see what they project. But he's 14 games started, one complete game, um, 85.2 innings pitched this year, 58 hits, um, 23 earned runs. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, dude, dude's doing insane A 272 ERA. I'm sorry. Excuse me, that's not it. Where is – oh, here we go. See, why wouldn't you give me the ERA, dude? No, right here, so he's seven and four this year. Obviously, the Cubs aren't no powerhouse, so they're not going to be winning all kinds of games. Probably not getting the craziest run support. 2-4-2 ERA, 104 with uh whip, and then 73 strikeouts. The dude is the real deal, man. Like, this is this is a hell of a year. Does he get traded though? If I'm the Cubs, uh, you know, I don't really have any crazy ties to him, I know this is one of those pickups, but. But, yeah, so right here, Chicago Cubs pitcher Marcus Stroman pitched well again on Sunday, this past Sunday, against the Padres, allowing no runs over six innings and another quality start. Stroman now leads baseball in quality starts. That's a, that's a hell of a start for that's a hell of a stat for starting pitcher to have the, to lead in, 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 in um, starts right here. So uh, the Cubs, like I said, the Cubs are nowhere near the powerhouse they should be. I know they went out and paid Swanson, Dansby Swanson from the Braves. Um, Swanson's one of those guys who's a really great defensive player. Um, but I think that he's not as big of a threat at the plate as he should be, could be, um, and really they don't have anybody else that's really crazy enough to, to do some damage. Um, have, let's see. So he tossed another quality start. He leads the, he leads with 11 quality starts in the major leagues, and his ERA is a second in the National League. Real deal for Stroman here. Um, right here, so Stroman is in his second year in Chicago after spending five and a half years in Toronto, and one and a half at the Mets. I know the Mets was pretty tough, but like I said right here, like he has not been a crazy pitcher his whole career. He's been a, a, an average guy, great personality. He's one of those guys that's just fun to watch, but doesn't have a whole lot of like like he hasn't. He's no Kershaw. He's not been like any of these crazy guys that come up. I mean, right here, his lifetime stats are 70, 73 and seventy one with a three point five four ERA. Not horrible. There's way worse, but I mean, it's not anything where you're like, "Oh my god," you know. Um, yeah, right here. So the Cubs are 26 and 32, very underwhelming. They're in third place, um, and they they're they're behind uh, the Brewers five and a half games. Um, I, think they trade him. I, I, I think they trade him. I I think they trade him. I think that they should. I think um, I saw some rumors that New York would be potentially trading to get him. I don't I don't know. You know it's still really early. We're still really early to talk about these things, and truly don't know where he's going to land. I think that if the, oh, let me see something trade. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right, here five trade destinations. Let's see. This is going to be interesting to see. The Rangers should pursue Strowman after Degrom injury. Bro, they ain't going to pay him. Let's be honest there. Yes, it would make sense because the Rangers have some deep pockets, apparently. So, Strowman might be the perfect trade target given his contract situation. There's potential here to lock up another stud. I don't see it. I don't see that. No. They've got too much locked up other places. Astros. Astros. Would I be excited because that's three hours and I could go watch Strowman in person? Absolutely. But the Astros? Considering they're the defeating, the, sorry, defending World Series champions, that shouldn't shock anyone. However, the pitching injuries—they batted. yes, that's also true. Though I get that, Fernando Valdez, Christian Javier, and Hunter Brown have all been studs. Valdez, stud. Javier, stud. Um, We've lost. I'm sorry, we. I'm not an Astros fan. Redact that. Luis Garcia for the year—he's on Tommy John. Jose Iglesias has been shelved for a while now. I haven't seen him pitch. And then McCullers. Everyone says McCullers is so damn good. I don't see it, guys. I'm sorry. Nothing against the guy, but the dude's been hurt more than he's pitched. And I was just saying right here he's having having difficulty with the rehab process. Um, Back to Stroman. So that's where I guess they're making a a point that they have spots to fill. I think Stroman's too big for those spots. I don't think that they can afford it. Um, But, you know, they're going to – I guess they're saying that they're going to be contenders for Stroman at the break. The one that I'm very interested in seeing is the Yankees. So I know they have lost Nestor. He's on the aisle. So I know we're talking about injuries again. So like I said, Yankees sitting at 36 and 26. The Yankees are a fascinating position as they move closer to the second half of the season. Specifically as it pertains to their pitching staff, Garrett Cole is the ace. Obviously, no questions there. Um, but after him, I mean, Severino's been really hit or miss. Rodon still hasn't pitched. Um, Domingo Nestor, Nestor's hurt. Um, German... Schmidt, Brito, Brito's a young guy, doesn't have it, and then Severino are just way too inconsistent on every front to consider them another like staple in your in your starting your rotation. Um, I don't think they end. He ends up in New York. I don't think he ends up at the Mets either. Um, the 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 Yankees may get aggressive and put in put in something for him, but I don't think that. We've got Montas. We've got other guys in the pen that I think we may experience with before we before we go on. The, before we go for that, Mariners. Ooh, could use another blockbuster. Are they going to get rid of of Castillo for Stroman? Hmm. Let's see. So entering play on June seventh, Seattle set thirty and thirty on the season, full ten games behind the Rangers. No easy feat there, bro. The Rangers are just destroying everybody. <laughs> A, they're, so they're in fourth place in the division. Um, good enough for the Mariners to go on and get this guy? I don't think so. I think truly the, the Mariners are another team that, that have a, a solid two to three starters. I know they have Castillo. They have that young guy, Gilbert. Um, what's that other guy? I think it was a, Kirby. They have another guy, Kirby. So they have Castillo, um, Gilbert, and Kirby. All have been fantastic this year. I think the offense has been more the issue, um, but then they have a couple guys in their in their farm system that they're hoping for there. Um, so sub- here we go. So subsequently, if the Mariners go on that run and they have that and they make a push, they may have proven they're not shy about making big trades. They they are not shy. They're no, they're no you know, they're not new to that kind of thing. Um, Stroman would be somebody. I'm I'm just trying to see if someone is actually going to find the right spot that fits. Stroman because I think he has a hard time fitting in. I think that's why he spent so long in, in Toronto. He loved Toronto, fit well there. New York didn't work. I know he was like super pumped about playing in New York because he's from New York. I don't, but I think the Mets were not the right fit. I I don't think the Yankees are a right fit either. Just considering you know personality and stuff. Now, Braves, that makes sense, and the Braves make the most sense. I know um, Spencer Strider is a, a key staple there. They got freed. All those. Strider for being as consistent as he's been had a really tough time. I think it was last night or the night before. But yeah, it says right here, much in the same vein as the Astros and Yankees, only doing so in the National League. The Atlanta Braves have been extremely successful this season, despite of the injuries um, on their pitching staff. Max Fried has been out for a while. I know he's. I didn't think about that. Max fried has been out for a bit, and so is Kyle Wright. And then Ian Anderson. I, I, oh, Tommy John. I was like, I haven't seen him for a while. I thought he was hurt. Um, Bryce Elder's been okay. Morton is your kind of vet of that of that pitching rotation. Still another one that's kind of like I don't know. Um, but here we go. So let's see why given Stroman's person personality combined with performance, that's exactly what I was just saying. The personality is a hard thing to contain. He's a he's a very loud player. Unfortunately, um, and, and and that I think that the Braves. Are the I think that that's the most fitting spot. I don't think New York. Met, I know everyone's like New York. He'll come back to New York and like yeah. I think that he's going to listen to offers from New York. I don't think he ends up in New York. Definitely not going to go back to the Mets. The Cubs are just kind of like a like a temporary housing for him. I, I've known that for a while. I thought that when they first traded him there, like he's kind of looking for a forever home. I think he's kind of going to bounce around until he hits that spot. I think the Braves take him at the deadline. Um, just my thoughts. I think I think the the, the Braves take him at the deadline. Um, let's see what else we got here. So crazy things happen. Oh, Darvish gets his hundredth win. Plenty of backing. The Padres are another team. that's pretty exciting to watch. Um, let's see what else we got here. We got a lot of stuff happening this year. Um, I like winning. Yeah, we get it. Alonzo. Another. That's a big piece. Um, Jordan. Oh, that's right. Jordan's out. Yeah. Interesting there. All right. Let's see. Oh, the A's. All right. So. I know I made a video a while back about the A's and their whole uh debacle. Um, so let's see what they have to say about the A's, man. What are they saying about the A's? I you want to know me personally, I think, you know, and I've said this before, I've said it on the Instagram video. If you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. Um, but how do I say this? Um The A's problems are not in Oakland. The, the problem is not Oakland itself. The problem is the ownership of the A's. And I'll say this: just because you're bored in Oakland, you know, you didn't spend the cash. You're treating these guys like like they're not true professional athletes. You don't treat them the way that other clubs treat their assets. the The problem is not you know you're you know I get it. Baseball, you're owning a, a team. It's a business. I get it. I understand that. But every ace, every stud you've had in the last six years, you've traded away at the deadline with no hesitation. So you have inadvertently shit on your own self of of making the Oakland A's become anything. I mean they haven't – they had a decent run I think like in – hell was it, 2020? It might have been 2020 in the wild card. They had a decent team. And then obviously Manea leaves. You, you you trade away Chapman. Um, you know one one guy that's on the A's right now that I was talking to uh, Warstick about was Brent Rooker having an All Star caliber year. You can pretty much bet they're going to trade him away too. I mean it is it is terrible. I mean, you know what are you going to do, right? I mean, point being the A's, like I said, the A's problem is not in Oakland. So moving the team to Vegas. Sure, it brings a new excitement to the club. You may call them the Aces or whatever. It may it may kind of just spark some new interest from a different you know geographical area. But I, I truly, truly, truly believe that the, those same problems, the way you run your club, it's gonna follow you to Vegas. It's not gonna fix anything. You know, if you continue to run the game, if you continue to run this club the way that you've been running the club, running it the last couple of years, what the hell's the difference? You're just gonna take it and bring the same garbage that you're doing over there, you didn't do it here. It's not going to do anything. I I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't think I'll ever understand. Um, But, you know, teach his own, I guess, if you want to move him to to Vegas, move him to Vegas, which is still going to be a shit ball club, whether you change the name or not. So whatever. All right, let's see. So the club that obviously has the most juice always is the Dodgers. Dodgers. Now let's look at some Dodgers news. I know yesterday Clayton Kershaw, I think it was two nights ago, had a hell of an outing um, and kind of showed us the, this new, you know, Kershaw's not throwing, you know, he's not throwing the same amount of innings that he did back when he was, you know, throwing hundred miles an hour. Um, and I know that it was crazy because it was like when you needed a vet to come in and really give you some innings, I know they were getting eaten up in their bullpen. Kershaw gave them seven solid innings and kind of saved their bullpen for the week. I mean, it was pretty clutch. I mean, I was looking at the status pretty good. You know, Roberts right here. It was huge. They're all big. But considering how we lost the last couple of games four in a row, state of our bullpen, it seemed like it was a perfect time for Clayton to take the mound. He got us a must win, and he always does. He always does that. Except for the playoffs. Except for the playoffs said, so Kershaw started the game with an uncharacteristic four-pitch walk, but swiftly got out of the first first with a strikeout and double play, made quick work at the Reds, needing 47 pitches to get through the first four innings. That is stellar. Um, and he was able to get out of the jams. Later, frames are racking up some strikeouts. By the time he was through, he had tied a season high with nine Ks. Wow, that's badass. At 98 pitches Thursday, outing Kershaw's longest since April 18th, another seven-inning scoreless, outing with nine strikeouts. Damn. I'm going to say this. Kershaw, we are watching Kershaw. You know towards the later half of his career, towards the end, he's not gonna give you the consistent eight to nine inning outings anymore. He's he's getting up there in age. His fastball is down to 90 to 92, tops it and maybe he'll get you up there 93, 94 every so often. Got that really loopy curveball, a nice little split that he throws in there. So it's a different Kershaw than we're used to watching. But this Kershaw, if he can master, if he can masterfully do this on a consistent basis. He will solidify himself as probably one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm gonna say that now. I know there are a lot of people saying that before, but it's true, man. You know, he, you know, he's he's showing that even with his stuff that he has now, he may not have the oomph that he had when he was younger. He's still making it known that he is one of the greatest to ever do it. Now, we're gonna talk about Noah Syndergaard. I forgot about Noah Syndergaard. To be, if we're being honest, I forgot about him. Um, another guy, a lot of injury prone. I I really forgot that he ended up in LA. It was kind of like, Whoa, that's random. Um, but yeah, right here, you know, he's been with the Mets since 15, all the way through 2021. He was, he was with the Mets 2022. He went to LA, went to Philly, nothing stellar there either. In fact, really, really not great stats. Um, you know, I, I, you know, from, you know, in 2015, 324, 2016 was probably his best year, though only racking up one hundred and eighty three innings. It's still low. You know, he's not he hasn't broke the two hundred the two hundred threshold. I think that's the most he's ever thrown. Sorry, twenty nineteen he threw one ninety seven with a four two eight RA. That was still in New York. Um, and then I think the troubles because it was three twenty four and 15, 260, solid ERA, two ninety seven and seven. So twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen with a two sixty and a two ninety seven ERA. Really damn good, man. That's pretty damn good. And well, sorry, let me rephrase. I, I overspoke. He only threw 30 innings in 2017, so another injury prone year. But when he was on, he was on to the 297. Sorry, most spoke. But both 15 and 16, solid. 18, another, it looks like there may have been some injury prones there with 154 innings. He definitely missed some starts. 303 RA, not horrible. Okay, in the 19, he put up 197, the most innings he's ever thrown in his career, 197 in New York. I think that was oh was, yeah, uh, 4.20 ERA. Yeah. and then 21 was tough. Um, I know that that was a really bad year for injuries for him. He threw two innings, nine runs. I mean, that was that was really bad. Um, hold on, what the heck? Interesting. Um, And then here we go. So 2022 is when things really started to change. Um, Angel. So with the Angels, he put up 80 innings. I had a 3.83 ERA, Not horrible. Still showing that he's not the Cinder guard we fell in love with with the Mets in 15-16. He's not that guy. Um, Another injury – a lot of injury issues, a lot of um, control issues, a lot of stuff issues. Just not there. Um, Philly, 412 VRA. 54 innings that year. So in total of 2022, he only did 130 innings. 134 innings. Total 394 ERA. 3.94 ERA. <clears throat> Ten games started. 134 innings. And now where we're at now. And and this is there was a whole thing that happened, I know, a couple couple weeks ago where he said he would he would trade away his hypothetical firstborn child to be who he what who he used to be. Sad. A little too much. <laughs> but here look at I mean the stats speak for themselves. So he goes to LA. He's one and four with a seven sixteen ERA. 12 games started, 55 innings. I mean, right here, the hits itself, 71 hits, 44 runs allowed, 12 bombs. I mean, not, not fantastic. Not fantastic at all, really. But another guy I really hope gets it together, man, because he's a great player. He's a great player. And I and we're rooting for him, rooting for him to figure it out. Another guy like like Manoa. Um, but I truly think Syndergaard is one of those guys who just struggle uh, just struggling with a lot of injuries, and a lot of problems. Another thing, and, and we're kind of wrapping it up. But I know we're getting to the to the end here, is is Steven Strasberg, man. Strasburg was a, a sad story. Um, that we kind of got a little bit of a of a Sneak peek into what's really happening with him Um hasn't done much since that since winning the World Series in 2019 with, with the Nationals. I know they shut him down indefinitely. Has severe nerve damage. Um I, I don't quite understand. I mean, nerve damage obviously is, is no joke. I mean, I'm not, but but where I don't, no one's really given specifics other than severe nerve damage. I don't really know where that where that's at. Strasburg 34 was shut down more than a month ago, unable to partake in any port any type of re- rehabilitation. Per the report, he had surgery to treat thoracic outlet syndrome. Same thing Matt Harvey and a couple other guys were dealing with, so that's tough. In his shoulder cavity, shoulder cavity. What am I talking about? I don't even know what that. Is. I don't even know what that is. But he has. That's the thing. This has been the thing with with him for a while. It's not new. Um, he's had a history of this. This is. And like I'm, I was surprised he gave us the 2019. He gave us because before that he was another guy issues Tommy John, all that stuff, you know. Um, but anyway, right here. So Strasburg has just pitched 31 and a third innings in three seasons since winning the World Series in 2019. That's it. So we're looking at that really. I mean, even Degrom's thrown more than that. I mean, damn, but. Yeah, in twenty nineteen regular season, Strasburg threw two hundred and nine innings and finished with an eighteen and six record. Then he signed a seven year, two hundred and forty-five million dollar deal with the Nationals. And then last year he made one appearance, pitched four and two four point two innings of a loss to the Marlins on June 9th a year ago. And he gave up seven earned runs on eight hits with two walks and five strikeouts. According to the according to the post, the plan is for Strasburg to rest and see where the nerve conditions improve. So basically, they're saying go sit your ass down, and we'll figure this out another time because we don't have time to fix it. You're hurt. You're having a lot of issues. We've given you a lot of money, so go figure your shit out. is basically what they're saying. And um, and then of course, like that's this is a little bit of an older article just talking about his absence from the game. But I know that it was just kind of came out, you know, a couple days ago. That's why I'm talking about it. Um, that we may not see him ever again. Um, and, and the sad thing is like, you know, I, you know, taking baseball away from, from this, you know, it's at this point, it's like, he has severe, like, you don't see that a lot. You know, you have like guys, like I know if, if you remember like the Prince Fielder thing, like he was another guy had a lot of neck, nerve injuries, damage, just problems, like health issues, um, which ultimately made him end his career a lot, pretty more, more prematurely than it probably should have, um. So Princefield is another one of those guys who's just on a tear, injuries come through, and then you really have to start thinking, like, okay, I can keep putting my body through the ringer. It's it's um, it's having some complications, having some issues. I can I can keep doing this, or or is my quality of life later on gonna be absolutely fucked? And I think that at this point, they're more worried, like, hey bro, like you may not be able to do certain things, like you're having that many, that many problems. So I think at this point it is best for him to really stop, kind of take a step back kind of look at it from a different light and really understand. Okay, can I come back and be the Steven Strasburg I was in 18, 19? Or is it time to maybe look elsewhere? I don't know. Um, but either way, sad news. Um, Strasburg is a great pitcher. I mean, he's been – he when he's on, he's – he. it's the same story for a lot of guys, man. When you're on, you're healthy, you're good, you're elite. You're not – you're not going to be good. You know, it's just – it's too hard of a game to come out and not give it and not be 100 percent, so – Sadness, sadness there, um, but we're gonna end this on something a little bit more, <laughs> not so depressing, um, because you know, I don't know. I'm kind of a I'm kind of about that. I'm kind of I want to I want to end it on the right note because ending it with Steven Strasberg maybe never pitching again. Uh, I don't know. Wow, another sad one. Not really sad, but kind of you know, another setback. I know Urias has been out. And he's on the IL. I, and I just saw them talking that he was supposed to come out and pitch either last night or tonight. Oh, it was Sunday. I don't know why I thought tonight or yet. Oh, tomorrow. Pitch on Sunday after feeling discomfort. Damn. Okay, so he suffered a setback during a bullpen session this oh yesterday Thursday for at least – and we'll miss at least another week or two. Years been slated to start Sunday, but it's been out since May 18th. He's going to keep throwing. But I think when he tries to ramp up the intensity – um, is when he feels tightness in the hamstring. You know what's crazy is I felt tightness in my hamstring the other day when I was pitching. It had been a minute, but, yeah. Hold on one second, guys. Okay. So another one that's crazy, the Dodgers, man. They're going through it over there. You know, they don't have a May. They don't have Dusty May. They don't have Bueller. They've got Kershaw. Gonsolin's doing all right. They don't have Urias. <laughs> Damn. That's another injury-prone team, man, right there. That's That's tough. Tough, 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 tough. Um, let me see what else we got here. We gotta finish on a good note, man. What what's happening good in Major League Baseball, man? What's happening? Come on, man. College World Series stepping up. That's cool, man. That's great. Ah, here we go. So we'll talk about this. So and I we'll won't end it on this news because in, you know, it's kind of somber here too, because we're talking about the Mets again. The Mets are really on the struggle bus. Um, but Lindor with the Mets is a shining star. He's another guy. It's still batting solid. You know, he's still playing good. He is one of the few bright points of the Mets. And they made him a sweet ass glove. Um, it's actually a Gucci glove. If y'all haven't followed Rawlings, go check out Rawlings's page. There's a video of him unboxing it and shit. It looks freaking phenomenal. Go check it out. But yeah, guys, Lindor, another dude stud. He's, he's really picking it up in the last seven games. He's batting 240, two bombs four I'm sorry, six hits and twenty five at bats. Not bad. Almost batting three hundred. Um is another guy who's kinda he's kinda in and out, but but yeah, he's pretty solid, man. Pretty solid guy. So far in 2023. Um, you know, he's batting pretty damn good, man. I mean, it's not you're not crazy, man. Batting two twenty two. Damn not very good. <laughs> but point is, dude is a seller fielder. He's got some sweet stuff happening. If you haven't checked out that glove he made it's it's Gucci mix. It's sweet guys. It's awesome. But yeah guys Thank you so much for listening. There's a lot of stuff happening in the league around right now. I mean, crazy stuff. You know, like I said, you got dudes that are going to developmental leagues. You've got, you know, the Rangers who are out of nowhere came out to be the hottest team in baseball. Um, Crazy stuff. A lot of underrated players. You know, you got some, you know, nuts stuff. You got smoke in New York games getting canceled. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Otani on the move. Where is he going to end up? I pray that New York grows some nuts and puts an offer for him. I don't think it's going to happen, but Anyway, thanks you guys for watching. we got a lot of great episodes coming up. I know we, we just scheduled. Um, we're going to have Carson Fulmer, um, ex-Vandy uh, Boy, filthy Fulmer back in 1516, eighth overall pick in 2015. Great dude. We want to talk to him. We're going to have Monica Abbott, um, ex-volunteer from Tennessee, um, just wrote a really awesome memoir novel, so we're going to probably stock that. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, and then we're also going to have Amanda Scarborough and then a couple of my buddies in here, man. One of my buddies who's, who's aspiring to be a bodybuilder now in his post-baseball career. So we got a lot of really awesome, cool content coming up, guys. Don't want you to miss it. But, yeah, guys, be sure you're watching baseball. We're making baseball exciting again, man. A lot of cool stuff happening. Hopefully these these teams that are riddled with injuries, a lot of these stars, man, hopefully they can bounce back and, and get back in the game. But, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening, and, and we'll be sure to catch you guys in the next one. Thanks, guys.